you're tuned to More Living with Jim Brogan, broadcasted live from the Brogan Financial Studios at News Talk 98.7, where old-fashioned values, expert knowledge, and genuine understanding come together to give you the retirement straight talk you deserve. Jim's a former National Advisor of the Year recipient and a financial educator. And he's here today to talk about how you can live out the best years of your life. Jim and the Brogan Financial Team have been helping retirees and pre-retirees across the Southeast for almost 20 years in their pursuit of financial independence. You can reach them during the week at 865-862-6800. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn, folks, because more living with Jim Brogan starts now. Hello, East Tennessee, and welcome to More Living with Jim Brogan, where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. This is News Talk 98.7 WOKI, and you've heard me talk many times about the power of giving, and I believe giving should be an active part of your financial plan, and we should also give our our time. So it's about giving our time and our resources. It not only helps those around us that are not as fortunate as us, It also helps us keep a more healthy money-life balance, which is so difficult for many people in this consumerism world. There are over 1.6 million tax-exempt organizations in the United States, ranging from churches to disaster relief agencies to local groups that support every kind of community effort imaginable. The one thing they all have in common is that they depend heavily on the generosity of their communities for financial support. So as we close out 2021, you have the opportunity to take stock of your blessings and see how you might be able to financially or physically impact the charitable organizations that you are passionate about. So this morning, in the first half of the show, I'm excited to welcome Wade Cresswell. He's the Director of Development for East Tennessee Children's Hospital, in the last half of the show, we're going to welcome Terry Hall. He's a CPA at Novinger Ball and Zevi. We're going to talk about some of the tax benefits and how can we be smart from a tax perspective with charitable giving. Tax benefits should not be the, 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 the focal point of why we give, uh, but we do want to be smart and minimize our tax burden. So again, I have Wade Cresswell. He is the Director of Development Development for East Tennessee Children's Hospital. East East Tennessee Children's Hospital serves not only the Knoxville community, but the 16 counties throughout East Tennessee. Good morning, Wade. Welcome to More Living. It's great to have you with us. Good morning, Jim. Thank you for having me on. It's an honor to join you this morning. It's great to have you. Now, Wade, you recently joined the team at Children's Hospital as the Director of Development. Talk a little bit more about your role at Children's and what led you here. Yeah. Um, I've I've been an employee of Children's Hospital as a Director of Development for about two months, uh, roughly two months, somewhere somewhere in that range. Um, And and my responsibility is is to build and guide a team that's paying attention to all the different ways um, that we reach people across East Tennessee to help them um, do really what they want to do after they've made a connection with Children's Hospital, and that's make a donation either in time or in finances, whatever that looks like for them in the most meaningful way. Uh, but we lead a team to do that. But uh, So while I've only been there a couple of months, I've been affiliated uh, with Children's Hospital for about seven years. I was on the their development advisory board. So I had a good sense of awareness about how they 
um, went, what, what their approach was in raising money and, and the great job that they've done for so many years to make a difference for East Tennessee's children. Um, but I've had um, great experiences with Children's Hospital on two different levels, both from the charitable giving side and then also with my own daughters. So Children's does such great things in the area. Um, what do you think sets, your, sets Children's apart from other hospitals in the area and then also even throughout the region? Yeah, um, that's a great question, Jim, and it really is the reason why I decided to join the team uh, as an employee. And, uh, you know, Children's is, is definitely not just uh, another hospital where we treat smaller people. Um, children's treating treating pediatrics uh, is, is a huge specialty with we, – we treat up to 30 subspecialties within, in itself, but um, – it's a, it is an entirely different approach to how we go about medicine. I mean, you, you know, you talk about we are the only freestanding independent children's hospital in the state of Tennessee. Uh, not saying that the other children's hospitals across the state don't do good work, but they're also affiliated with, with health systems that provide uh, services and health care to, to people of all ages. So that creates some unique opportunities and challenges for, for children's hospital. But ultimately, it helps us create the experience for our patients and their families, which is unique when you go into the hospital. You know, I've I've worked in a healthcare setting before, and you know, it typically it's a place. I mean, nobody wants to go into the hospital. Obviously, uh, we try to avoid that. But but you know, if for adults that are going there and for children that are going there, the the peace of mind in knowing that the care you're going to receive when you go to Children's Hospital after you've had an experience there is typically what separates it from other experiences when we go to, to other facilities. Again, not to, to disparage or say anything negative about our, our other healthcare facilities in, you know, in, throughout the state, but it's just a different experience. Uh, and what we're able to do and how we're able to care for the children of East Tennessee is, is what separates us. Yeah, and as I said, uh, and I don't know how much of what I said was heard because we were having those technical difficulties, but our experiences with children in my family, both from the charitable giving side and how monies are, are efficiently used, and then also uh, for my own kids when they've had needed medical attention, the experience has just been so great. I tell you what, uh, Wade, we're going to get to our first break and we come back. I want to talk a little bit more about the programs you all offer throughout the community and other ways that people can help benefit East Tennessee Children's Hospital. So stay with us, folks. You're listening to More Living with Jim Brogan here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to News Talk 98.7's Brogan Financial Studios, where Jim Brogan is coming to you live with important news and advice to help you achieve your dream retirement. Get ready to learn and live. Here's your host, Jim Brogan. Welcome back to More Living here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. I'm your host, Jim Brogan, and we're visiting with Wade Cresswell this morning. He is Director of Development for East Tennessee Children's Hospital. Uh, this that time of year where we really want to think about how we can help others that need services and help. And the East Tennessee Children's Hospital does such a great job in the area. And, uh, Wade, you know, the hospital provides not only for emergent and long-term medical needs, but also provides support and education throughout the community. What are some of the other programs that Children offers that maybe some of our listeners aren't as aware of? Yeah, that's a great question, Jim, and I appreciate the opportunity to answer that. Um, 
again, it was kind of going back to the, the, my previous answers. It's about the experience that Children's provides um, that makes uh, East Tennessee Children's Hospital unique. Uh, there are services provided um, across East Tennessee. People think about Children's Hospital and they think about just the, the downtown facility there on Clinch Avenue. Uh, and while we do have 152 patient beds with 60 uh, neonatal intensive care beds there, we're providing uh, care at 14 pediatricians' offices all throughout East Tennessee with four urgent care centers. Um, there are rehabilitation centers associated with, with some of those urgent care facilities. Uh, we're reaching out to rural communities through telehealth throughout East Tennessee where it's it's difficult to find a pediatrician or it's certainly difficult to travel to Knoxville if they need uh, care. Uh, there are programs that we provide for for um, babies who have been bored, born with uh, a drug addiction. Uh, we, have a, we have a clinic uh, that was started uh, in 2017 called Grow With Me um, that, is, um, that was built to be a coordinated program for, for children who are born, um, who are exposed to, to drugs while in the womb uh, in, in early development. And we followed those children along with their caregivers for the first five years of life. Um, and, and trajectory for those children with those services versus not receiving those services is, is, is so much different. Um, we have a pain and palliative care uh, program, which we provide and, and, and raise money for uh, that, that helps make a difference for children who are dealing with chronic pain issues due to whatever treatment they're receiving. Um, there's so many to go through um, that we talk uh, that, that we include in our um, options for patients and fundraising is a critical piece of being able to deliver those. Well, and you just finished up one of the most widely attended philanthropic events in our community, Fantasy of Trees. I know it's a family favorite every year to kind of kick off the holiday season. Is that your all's largest fundraiser? And talk a little bit, Wade, about how important community financial support is for Children's Hospital. Absolutely, yes. Fantasy Trees is our largest event. In fact, it's one of the largest uh, uh, fundraising events in, in East Tennessee, as a matter of fact. It is a, a community favorite. It's something that uh, not only Children's Hospital gets excited about and puts a lot of, of effort and attention to every year, but the entire community uh, responds so positively to it. I think it's, I mean, it's, it's such a, it's a, I think it's a, an event that the, the region kind of marks the, kick off the holiday season with and it's so important to our fundraising efforts uh you know we we welcome about sixty thousand people into the knoxville convention center there each year we had um a record year this year in in what we were able to sell in trees and wreaths and really everything on the floor to make it a, a really successful event we're so thankful that we get the outpouring of support from across the region and knoxville community to help us do that and what was the second question, so Jim? Well, when you, well, I was just gonna say when you raise money like that, I, I think I heard, I saw a number four hundred and fifty thousand dollars was raised this year. Is that right? Yeah, that's what we were able to net off the event this year. And, and this year, that's great. That that those funds are going specifically to help purchase equipment for the neonatal intensive care unit, um, which was which well, that was my next question. Unique. Yeah, I was where that. Yeah. Yeah, the Go equipment ahead. that we. Yeah, the equipment that we purchase, um, not just for the NICU, but across the hospital, again, is part of that um, creating the different experience. Uh, you know, there's a, 
in, in today's complicated world of healthcare reimbursement, um, you know, you can only imagine that it, that it requires assistance and partnerships from out the community to be able to provide the types of service that we want to. Um, so making sure that we have absolutely state-of-the-art equipment uh, for the for the most vulnerable uh, people in our society, which are which are our babies born uh, that are in great need, they're critically ill or injured in some way, um, to be able to provide life-saving uh, health care for those individuals is, is really what um, we need to continue to raise money uh, to do, for, whether it be for equipment, for the programs that support them, um, or just in general for, for hospital support that helps provide um, – it just helps provide uh, the ability for the hospital to do its job in general. Wade, how, what are some of the other ways people can give to Children's? So obviously we talked about events, and we have events that, that occur throughout the year. Um, but, you know, Jim, I'm a, I'm a longtime fan of your show and, and the topic that you talk about. So, so legacy giving uh, or plan giving, estate giving, estate planning is, is certainly uh, a way that we like to uh, encourage our supporters to give, our donors to give. Um, it's important not just not just to our fundraising efforts, but also to us as individuals to pay close attention to to how we're planning for the future. And as I've as I've talked to people in the past, and one of the things I've learned in in uh, in learning more about plan giving is everybody has an estate plan. It's whether you do it yourself or where, whether the state government does it for you, right? So we encourage our listeners. In fact, we have a long term partnership with. Um, with Thompson Associates, uh, free of charge for, for those that are associated with Children's Hospital to um, to come in and talk about what your current plan is um, and and to be able to to make good decisions moving forward. Uh, so we, we, we can do that to, with any of our, our friends um, at any time. And that's just it's just really more of an encouragement to be thinking in that direction. And then on the fundraising side with our with our development team, you know, we encourage um, our donors, particularly our, our long-term donors, to, to be thinking in that direction uh, because it is so important. And you talk about that on a weekly basis. Yes, and I will say with plan giving, you know, folks, that's the idea of planning that you, you know, can leave a legacy to a charity that's important to you when you're gone. And one of the best ways to do that, in my view, is to look at assets that, are not tax-free to your kids. And so uh, a perfect example of that, probably the number one example of that is IRAs, 401Ks, and other retirement accounts. You know, that's really where you should start your plan giving in terms of what would possibly go to church or charity when you pass away. Because, you know, if I leave $1,000 to my kids inside of a retirement account, they're not going to get $1,000 because they have to pay tax on that $1,000. I'd rather give them the $1,000 in my bank account that is comes to them tax free, or even a thousand dollars of a stock because stock gets a step up in tax basis, and it comes to them tax free. So I would rather give the IRA money to my charity because it's it, the charity doesn't have to pay the tax, so we can kind of be more efficient with with dollars. That's why the the, the the Congress and the government set up to be able to give charitably and have our dollars be more used more efficiently with charities. Um, also, I will say life insurance is a great way to leave a legacy for a church or charity. You know, you can pay an annual premium uh, that, that, that is much smaller than the amount you can actually impact the charity with. 
So when we talk about planned giving, that's just a uh, couple of the things. Now, in the in the back half of the show, we're going to talk about how you can give effectively now while you're alive uh, and, and be smart about it to minimize taxes. Might as well take every advantage that we can because, as I said, the government gives us advantages to give and, and benefits to give charitably because the whole philosophy is – Charitable organizations are more efficient with the dollars than what the federal government can do, so they incentivize giving to church and charity. Um, I do just want to mention quickly, uh, Wade, you have constantly staying on top of new equipment. I just want to mention, I know that uh, you've got state-of-the-art ambulances called Lifeline that really are like mobile intensive care units. Uh, and then you also have a newly re- renovated emergency department. Uh, I know you're – I think I saw y'all are purchasing a, a really uh, advanced MRI uh, piece of equipment. Just talk about the, the continued need to stay on top of technology and the ability to serve people with technology and how our dollars can be used in those ways. Right. <clears throat> and I appreciate you covering all of those areas. Um, that we have recently funded or in the process of, of, of implementing. Yeah, saying, I mean, obviously, we want to stay on the cutting edge to provide the absolute best care for East Tennessee's children that we, that we can. And the ability to do so, though, requires us to, to raise those funds to purchase that equipment. You know, the MRI machine is going to make, uh, make it possible for, for our patients to receive. If anybody's had an MRI, you know it's, it's quite an experience. But if you can if you have equipment that can provide that, that diagnostic test in a much shorter period of time, you know, as a parent, you know, that, that, would, that would definitely be helpful in that situation. Um, and, and then also you mentioned our Lifeline ambulances. Those, are, those really are mobile uh, neonatal, neonatal intensive care units, if they need to be, uh, which is so, – so for premature infants that are born in outlying areas, for example, where they don't have – um, the facilities that, that are needed to be able to care for these children, those ambulances can go and transport that child safely um, with the best of care back to our neonatal ICU where they can receive that care. And we have partnerships with that with um, healthcare facilities throughout the region to be able to do so, even, even throughout town. Um, so, you know, staying on top of these is what's absolutely necessary. Um, to keep up with a world that is that is advancing in technology and what we're able to do now to care for children um, versus what we were able to do just five, ten years ago is is so much different. And we need to be able to stay on top of that so we are giving the children of East Tennessee the absolute best care. And, we, and, and that requires Absolutely. us to, to reach out um, to to what is one of the most generous areas in the country – and the United States is the most philanthropic country in the world. So, to be able to live in East Tennessee, do this, and ask partners—I mean, we, our our people in East Tennessee show up year after year and just make it possible for us uh, to create such an, a a great experience for for the people that 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 need to visit East Tennessee Children's Hospital. So, we're so thankful for our, for our donors and the support they provide. That said, it's great things East Tennessee Children's Hospital does in the area. Wade, thank you for uh, coming on. Thank you for what you do for the hospital. How can people find out more information to get involved either with their time or their or their resources? Absolutely. You can go to etch.com. Um, there will be a link there where you can learn more about how to give or volunteer. 
Um, and we would be glad to make those connections just as quickly as possible in, in all the ways that list there, really any way that people are interested in, in engaging with us, they can find a way to do so there. So ETCH.com. That's great. That way, thank you for taking your time out of your schedule today. Thank you, Jim. Yes, sir. That's Wade Cresswell, Director of Development for East Tennessee Children's Hospital and all the great things that they do to support the community. When we come back, we're going to be joined by local CPA Terry Hall, a good friend of mine and a friend of the show's. And we want to talk about how to not only be efficient with our giving, also save taxes. The government gives us those incentives. Let's take advantage of them to reduce our tax bill in the meantime. So stay tuned. You're listening to More Living with Jim Brogan, only on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to News Talk 98.7's Brogan Financial Studios, where Jim Brogan is coming to you live with important news and advice to help you achieve your dream retirement. Get ready to learn and live. Here's your host, Jim Brogan. Welcome back to More Living with Jim Brogan, where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. This is News Talk 98.7 WOKI. We're with you every Saturday from 9 to 10 a.m. and again from 3 to 4 p.m. You can also catch all of our podcasts online. Go to broganfinancial.com and click on radio. I'm now joined by Terry Hall. He's a CPA here in town. He's a partner at Novinger Ball and Zevi. Terry, over the years, has become really a friend of mine and also a friend of the shows. Good morning, Terry. Welcome to More Living. Morning, Jim. Thank you for uh, having me. Always great to have you on. So we, we've been talking about the power of giving, Terry, and yes. the need to, in a financial plan, and how it you know, not only helps other people around us that aren't as fortunate as us, it also helps us with our money-life balance, which is so critically important, I think. Now, the, flip, the, 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 uh, the reality is the IRS gives us some incentives to give charitably. I think the thought is, as I mentioned in that last segment, is that charities and churches can be more efficient with the dollars than what the government can do. And so we do get some nice tax incentives. So first off, let's talk, Terry, about the CARES Act that was passed last year. It kind of expanded somewhat uh, for 2020, and then it was extended into 2021, how much we can give and take a deduction on our tax return when we just directly make a gift to church or charity. Walk us through what those limits are this year. Sure. So normally uh, for cash contributions, you're limited to uh, 60% of your adjusted gross income. So for instance, if your AGI were $100,000, then you can the most you could deduct would be 60000 for cash contributions. Uh, and then anything over and above that, you can carry forward for five years. So the CARES Act uh, you know, came up with a special election where you can elect uh, to deduct it to 100% uh, of your adjusted gross income. But only on a cash gift, correct? That's right. Only on that is correct. Only on the cash gifts. And and not and we're going to get into donor advised funds later. But it does not extend a cash gift for to a donor advised fund. That's still limited at sixty percent. Is that correct? That is correct. Right. So this provision does not uh, apply to any gifts to the donor advised fund. And then what about um, gifts of, of of other kinds of assets, Terry? What are the limits on that as a you know as a, as a percentage of adjusted gross income? Sure. So if you were to gift uh, non-cash assets, and, and typically the you know the one that we see most would be the gift uh, of appreciated publicly traded stock, uh, you're limited to limited to 30% of your adjusted gross income on those gifts. Yes. Now let's talk a little bit about that, Terry. Um, 
I think when we make a gift to a church or charity and we want to be as wise as possible. Oh, by the way, let's back up for a second. When you, so sure. if you give more than you're allowed to deduct this year, to be clear, you can take a deduction this year plus the next five years for a total over a six-year period, correct? Yes, that is correct. Right. So it's really not five. It's, it's this year plus the next five. Right. So I think to be smart, the best one of the best assets, if not the best kind of asset we can give to a church or charity is an asset that we have not paid all the taxes on from either an income tax perspective or a capital gains perspective because not only do we get the charitable deduction, we then get the benefit of never paying the tax on that asset, right? So let, let's talk correct. about it. So let's talk about an appreciated stock. Why don't you walk us through an example of somebody who gives uh, some shares of stock to a church or charity? Sure. So, so this would be an example of something that you know, when you're looking at your gift-giving strategies uh, and trying to be most tax efficient. So let's say you have uh, you know, an appreciated stock that maybe is worth uh, $100,000 and the basis is fifty. dollars uh, So if you were to sell that stock – and then gift the money to charity, you would uh, recognize a capital gain of 50000 You would pay tax on that gain, and then you would have, after tax, you would have less money to contribute to the charity. Uh, but if you were to give that appreciated stock directly to the charity, then you do not recognize or pay tax on the appreciated gain, and then the, uh, and you still get a deduction for the fair market value. In this case, it would be 100 So you get a deduction for the full 100 uh, instead of paying with after-tax dollars. So you know, you're, it's kind of a double benefit in that you're not paying tax on the gain and you have more money because uh, you're giving pre-tax. Yeah, so the way I would think about that, think about that. So by the way, when Terry says the basis is 50, that's what you've already <clears throat> paid tax on. So you know, if I invested 50000 into the stock, I've used after-tax dollars for that. Now it's worth 100, so I've got a $50,000 capital gain. So right. what you're saying there is, since I don't have to pay the capital gains tax, you know, if I'm in a 50, if my capital gains tax rate is 15%, you know, if I had to sell that stock, 15% of $50,000 is what 7,500 bucks. So, right. so, um, you know, that stock, in other words, is not worth a hundred thousand to me. It's only worth a little over ninety-two thousand. If right. I okay. use the money, if I if I use the money. So I'd rather gift that to the church or charity. I get a full hundred thousand dollar deduction rather than giving. But it's not really worth. Was it wouldn't have been worth a hundred to me, whereas the money at my bank account is worth a hundred. So it's just a much more efficient way of giving, right? Exactly. Yes. Yes. And uh, you can uh, donor advised funds can accept uh, gifts of appreciated stock. Okay, and we'll get into donor advised funds here right. in a minute. Um, now, the charity has to be able to have a mechanism for accepting securities as gifts, right? We ran into that just this month, Terry, with a client that was giving um, – she, she, you know what, we don't have to get into details, but she was making a nice gift to a local charity, and they really didn't have any kind of an account set up to be able to handle a gift like that. Can you just touch on right. that for a minute? Yeah, so so most of your larger charities, uh, you know, uh, would I think, uh, you know, but yeah, yes. you are correct. They have to have uh, a mechanism to be able to accept that stock, uh, to, you know, and then, of course, you know, essentially they're going to hold that stock at least for a period of time until they can liquidate it. 
so that is you know definitely something you want to uh, check on first to make sure the specific charity that you're donating to uh, can accept that gift. Now, Terry, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act raised, included a much higher standard deduction for individuals right. and, and married couples that filed jointly. I think the number I saw was prior to the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, roughly 70% of Americans took the standard deduction and did not itemize. And now I think right. I heard that number was 90%. So talk about the challenge there charitably, because, you know, if you're not itemizing, then it's harder to get the value of that charitable deduction in terms of a tax benefit. Sure. So so now the standard deduction for uh, a married couple is 25100 uh, So what that means uh, on your charitable giving is, is that uh, you know, you take all of your itemized deductions. So for most taxpayers, it's made up of three major items, which would be uh, property taxes, uh, your charitable contributions, and potentially mortgage interest. So if the combination of all of your itemized deductions do not exceed 25100 then you're not getting any additional benefit uh, you know, for giving. Other than you know, one thing uh, the CARES Act did do, and then uh, with the uh, extension of the CARES Act, they did enhance this deduction. So there is an above-the-line deduction, uh, and it's $600 this year for those who do not itemize. So if you take the standard deduction, uh, it was $300 last year. Uh, it's $600 for a married couple, $300 for an individual. Uh, yeah, know, so that what can. that means is you can make a, you should give a cash gift if you're going to be giving. We're going to get into right. giving out of retirement accounts here in this in the last segment, but okay. uh, you can still make a cash gift of six hundred dollars and get that above the line, meaning it comes off of your adjusted gross income, correct? That is correct. Yes, yes. So, yeah. so you can get that even if you do not uh, uh, itemize. Now, Terry, uh, one the, of the things yeah. that that I talk about is being smart about how we use our deductions because more less and less people are itemizing now so if we're smart about things like i have i have choice a choice in when i pay my property tax you know my property tax i live in blunt county my property right. tax is due on march 1st but i can pay it in november december so That's i could correct. not pay it this year and then i could pay it twice next year i could also time how i do my charitable contributions talk a little bit about the wisdom of bunching deductions where maybe one year we can itemize and get more value for those deductions, where the next year we don't itemize, we don't do as much of that. Sure, exactly. So let's say that you have um, uh, a married couple that combine between property taxes and charitable contributions, you're giving roughly 25000 a year uh, you know, in, in total between property taxes and giving. Uh, so if you do that uh, every year, then you know, essentially you'll just take the standard deduction because it's 25100 so what the bunching strategy does is you know, all it does is strictly affect the timing of when you pay that. So just as you suggested on the property taxes, uh, you, know, you can bunch your property taxes into every other year. So you pick either even or odd years. Uh, you pay two years' worth of property taxes, and then you do the same thing with your charitable contribution. So you're not giving any more or any less, but by bunching them into one year, you would get $50,000 in this example – uh, of itemized deductions in, let's say, year one. Year two, you would have zero itemized deductions, but the IRS still gives you the standard deduction of 25. So essentially, every two years, you get an extra $25,000 uh, of in tax deduction. deduction. Right, which, you know, if, if you're in a 22% bracket, for instance, that's $5,500 real dollars 
uh, of tax savings, savings. And, and you didn't give any more or any less. All you did is change the timing. Well, and then you could powerful. also time, and then you could also time when you make a large purchase, like buying a car, because some of that sales tax may be deductible. So you can kind That's of correct. time that too to bunch them up as much as you can. Now there is a limit though on state and local taxes deducted in one year. Can you cover that? Right. Current, sure. So currently we have a ten thousand dollar cap uh, on which include you know so all taxes that would be your sales tax, your property tax, uh, you know income tax if you live uh, you know, most of course. You know, the nice thing for 2021, we no longer have the hall tax uh, on investment income in Tennessee, uh, but, but yeah, the 10,000 cap thing. applies. Yes. Yes. Now, um, tell you what, we're going to get to our to our last break, and we come back, Terry. We'll have a li- little bit of a limited segment, but I want to get into really maybe the single best way you can give money to church or charity from a tax perspective which is out of your IRA or 401k, but uh, not everybody can do that. So we'll cover that and then also donor advised funds and the value of those. So stay with us. We're visiting with Terry Hall this morning. He's a CPA with Novinger Ball and ZV. We're talking about the power of giving and how you can use your giving to save money on your income taxes. So stay with us. You're listening to More Living with Jim Brogan on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to News Talk 98.7's Brogan Financial Studios, where Jim Brogan is coming to you live with important news and advice to help you achieve your dream retirement. Get ready to learn and live. Here's your host, Jim Brogan. Thanks for tuning in this week to More Living here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. I'm Jim Brogan. You can catch us every Saturday, 9 to 10 a.m. and again, 3 to 4 p.m. The only time we won't be with you will be on Christmas Day as the station will be playing all that great Christmas music. I'll be home with my family, and I certainly hope everyone has a blessed Christmas. Be be careful today. The storms are going to be moving in. They've been devastating storms in Kentucky with the tornadoes, so please be careful today. We're talking about the power of giving today, and we're now talking about using the tax benefits of giving. Terry Hall, CPA with Novinger Ball and ZV. He's a partner there, good friend of mine and friend of the shows over the years. Terry, as I said earlier, really one of the best ways we can give to charity is to use dollars that we haven't yet paid the tax on. And no area is that more true than with an IRA. So if I have, for example, $100,000 in an IRA, more than likely I haven't paid income tax on most, if not any, any, all of that money. So in other words, that $100,000 to me, if I'm in a 22% tax bracket, is really only worth $78,000. But I can give it well, talk to us about qualified charitable distributions. Right. So, so we call that uh, in the acronym QCD, so Qualified Charitable Distribution. So you know, the one thing, you have to be uh, 70 and a half. Uh, it's a little confusing because they, you know, they increased the RMD age to 72, uh, but they kept the QCD deduction at 70 and a half. Uh, so at that point, uh, you can actually give uh, straight from the IRA to the charity – uh, and uh, you're not uh, taxed on the distribution. Uh, so let's say that you give, uh, you make a, let's say your RMD, uh, and it doesn't have to be the RMD, but you can give, you can give your RMD to charity. So let's say it's $5,000 RMD, uh, and you take that out as a distribution. So your 1099 would show a gross distribution of five, but your taxable on page one of your 1040 would be zero. 
Right. So it so, offsets directly above the line. That's the phrase you use. So again, it comes off right. your adjusted gross income, and that number is the number that is used to determine so many other things on the limits on deductions and Medicare premiums and all those other things. That is correct, and and that's one of the most one of the things that uh, that I think is most powerful about the QCD is is that you know this is a tax strategy that can be used for any taxpayer. It doesn't matter whether you're in the highest tax bracket or the lowest tax bracket. And you know, one thing that we'll see that, and I've used this. Let's say you have someone that's retired. Uh, you know, they're just now starting to take RMDs, and they have some investment income. You know, where this can be really powerful. You can be in a, uh, you know, one of the lower, let's say, 10 or 12 uh, percent marginal tax rates, but the use of the QCD can save you more than your marginal tax rate. And and the reason that is is because the, the way that Social Security is taxed. Uh, you know what happen, You know there's essentially an, an, an exemption for Social Security. So if you make a minimum amount, uh, your Social Security is not taxed. But as your income increases, more of your Social Security becomes taxable. So what you'll see sometimes, if you're in that phase-out range or phase-in range, uh, if you take away uh, adjusted gross income, you know, and the QCD does that, then not only are you not paying tax on the distribution? You're also decreasing the taxability of your Social Security. Yes. Now, then it also could lead to other things like, for example, um, if I'm down in those 10 and 12, if I get down in those 10 and 12 percent ordinary income tax rates, my long-term right. capital gains rate is zero. So I can sell, out, sell, out, sell some appreciated stock, immediately buy it back, and increase my tax basis. Now, Terry, could I use a QCD to, or could I use a uh, QCD to help offset, um, or wait, let me back up. Could I use any charitable deduction to help offset a Roth conversion? Uh, yes, you could. Uh, so, so that would be, uh, you know, another strategy and kind of, uh, you know, essentially. Lower, so you using, lower your tax bracket, and then right. that allows you to convert more dollars to Roth. Now, Terry, to be clear, to do a QCD, can it yes. be can it be from any kind of a retirement account or just an IRA? Uh, no, so it has to be uh, from an IRA, right? Uh, and that excludes you can't. Uh, that also it's, it's, it excludes a SEP or a simple. Okay, excludes a SEP and a simple, so only a traditional right. IRA. And it has to be uh, paid not a four hundred one k. Yeah. That's correct. From right. from the IRA directly to the charity. They could mail you the check at home, but it has to be made out to the charity. Exactly. Right. Terry, I just got like a minute and a half left. Donor yeah. advised funds have become very, very popular. I know many people, they want to give regularly out of income, but they're not sure at the moment where they want the, the, the donation to go. So give us a brief overview of a donor advised fund. Sure. So a donor advised fund, in, in short, is almost like your own private foundation. Uh, so you, uh, so let's say you want to make a large contribution, or and it, and it works great for bunching strategies because a lot of people have charities they support every year, and in, in using a bunching strategy, if you pay you know two years worth and you're not, uh, you know the charity's getting the money up front. So the way to fix that is is that you can make your contribution to the donor advised fund. It's deductible uh, in the year that you make the payment, but you control uh, when. Uh, you know, those funds are released from the donor advised fund directly to the charity. Uh, you know, and, and this works great also. Let's say that you have a, a client that has a large income event. Uh, so let's say someone uh, has a buyout, they're retiring, 
and you know maybe they're not at uh, the RMD age. Uh, RMD age. So you know in the next few years their income is going to be low, but in the year uh, of the buyout they have a huge uh, taxable income. So what you might do is you might telescope and put in five years worth of charitable contributions in one year. Uh, and, and then give it over the five years, but you get to exactly. value that donation in the year you had the buyout event. Hey, Terry, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule. How can people reach you at Novinger Ball and ZV? How can they find out more about your 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 firm? Sure. So, uh, you know, first of all, we have uh, you, know, you can visit our website uh, at uh, nbzcpa.com, uh, and also my uh, office number is eight six five five eight four one one eight four. Terry Hall, thank you so much. Thank you to Wade Cresswell, who is the Director of Development for East Tennessee Children's Hospital. Thank you, Chris, producing the show. Thank you, Jill, for for helping produce the show. Um, You've been listening to More Living with Jim Brogan. We've been talking about the power of giving because a more balanced life leads to more living so you can live the best years of your life your way. Have a great weekend. Be safe. This is More Living here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. The views expressed by Jim Brogan and his guests are not that of Cumulus Media. Any discussion of financial, legal, and tax planning strategies is not intended to be individualized advice and is general in nature. Always consult with your advisor for advice specific to your needs. This program's content does not represent a recommendation of any particular security, strategy, or investment by Jim Brogan or Brogan Financial Incorporated.